Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, what is up, guys? We are live. Welcome to the Daily Crow. It is Tuesday, August the 9th, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a lot to get into. A lot of exciting news also here on this Tuesday, and I'm very excited to hear from you all. We are taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. And of course, as always, guys, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I see Cocky Twan, Jimmy Mendio, Austin, John Edward, Noah Johns, not your average sports kid, Stephen Boardwell Jr., Travi Cody, David, Cody Gaskin, C. Young, but we got a packed house in here today. Connor McCormish, Chase Floyd, what's up? Also, those who are in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, guys, be sure your questions are answered there. Again, we have got a ton to dive into, a ton to discuss, and some very big news that we just locked in about, I'll say, 20 minutes ago or so. About 20 minutes ago or so. Big things happening with TDC and the Spurs Up show. And on the business side of things, we've been talking merch this morning. We've been talking new guests this morning. And you know what's so funny, by the way, on a side note? You guys hear me, right? Same old, same old Chris. The energy. Bring the energy. Bring the passion. Bring the noise. Got feedback from yesterday going on the uh, the Big Spur Daily Live show. J.C. Sherbert said, I woke him up. There were other people like, the energy, what in the world? Guys, we talk about sports. How could you not be passionate? How could you not be excited? We're talking Gamecocks. This isn't life or death. We love this. We love this shit. This is passion. We're passionate about it. We're passionate about it, man. That's how I operate. I've told you guys before, I might not be the funniest. I might not be the smartest. I might not be the best looking. I may not even be the most entertaining, but one thing I will be is the most passionate, the most fired up, and that'll never change. Um, Yes, so I've seen all the tweets, by the way. I'm going to tell you what I think about that before I do, though. First things first, the Daily Crew brought to you by our friends, of course, at... Carolina Alehouse, the TSUS tour rolls on on Thursday. We'll be at the Fort Mill location. Carolina Alehouse will be at the Fort Mill location. Six o'clock, we'll get things rolling. We'll do a Q&A around 7 or 7.30. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, again, our friends at Alehouse, they got over 65 beers on tap. Great food. Tons of TVs for you to watch all your sporting events, whether it be Gamecock sports, anything else. Of course, NFL's getting rolling, guys. We are about to hit peak sports season, if you will, with NFL, college football, the NBA will return, we'll have MLB playoffs, going to be a great time, Alehouse is your spot to catch it all, again, they got locations all across the state, and in Augusta, Georgia, be sure, I think they're also in North Carolina also, but be sure to check them out, man, our friends at Carolina Alehouse, we appreciate their love and support of the Spurs Up show, okay, back to the NIL thing, what is that, guys, I think it's very simple, there's a reason you're seeing every player tweeted out. I believe what that is. I mean, this is my guess, but I'd be shocked if this is not it. What that is, 
we've all heard about the jerseys, right, on Fanatics or whatever website it's going to be where you're going to be able now to wear a jersey with a player's name and number on it. I would have to imagine that's going to be like a thing where you go in and you order the jersey and you pick the name and the number, okay? So I think that's probably what these players are talking about. I, I think that's why you're seeing each individual player post it. That's just my guess. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the entire team. Again, this is my guess, but we know this is coming, right? So, I, And I'd have to imagine they want to go ahead and get this out there, right? They want to go ahead and get this out there for kickoff, right? We're 25 days away. I mean, now is the time. Like, if you're going to print a jersey and send it, you want your folks, you want your customers to have it by kickoff. Um, so I would imagine by the end of this week, you're going to see, Jimmy, I will not be buying a jersey. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you know me or not, my guy, but if you think I'm going to be buying a, a jersey of a current player, uh, you are sorely mistaken, my guy. <laughs> like, no disrespect to anybody, but, like, I'm, I'm just not going to be doing that. Um. Yeah, I've got my own merch to rock, Jimmy. You guys can go crazy on the jerseys. I will not be getting a jersey. Uh, if I was going to get an ex-player, I'd get Connor Shaw. Pretty simple. That would be the go-to. But uh, I'm I'm not a huge football jersey guy. I'm a baseball jersey guy. I like rocking baseball jerseys. I, you know, I mean, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not one of those people. This is a funny way to start the show. I'm not one of those. See, Do Work Son just did it. Do Work Son just did it. I'm not one of these people. If you want to wear a football jersey to a game, that does not bother me. I don't care why so many people give a damn what other people wear. Like, if somebody wants to rock a football jersey to a game, why can't they do it? Why, why, why do you even have an opinion on it? If somebody wants to rock jorts and a tank top and gold chains and a bandana or a baseball cap, why do you care? What difference does it make? I've never understood, I've never understood why folks get so concerned with what other people wear. And here it is. If people were honest, this is why. This is why they hate, because they can't do it. They can't do it and look cool, so they got to hate on other people that do it. Not trying to call you out, do work some, but you just made my point for me. Either way, we're not going to spend this, this show talking about fashion choices, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, if you want to rock a football jersey, hey, support the Gamecocks, right? <clears throat> support players. <clears throat> support the Gamecocks. Why not? Support the Gamecocks. Hunter Kelly, you asked me earlier, by the way, am I related to Marcus Bryant? I don't know who that is. So that that I, I think it'd be tough for me to relate it to somebody. I have no clue they even exist. Braddock843 says, cool to see your stuff at Rivals in my neck of the woods, Big Flow Town. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. We're actually fulfilling another order for them right now, Braddock. So if you like the stuff there now, uh, you're going to get even more of it. We're going to get even more of it. T-shirts, hats. We are literally fulfilling that order as we speak. Over 80 T-shirts, 30 hats. So really, really excited. I'm actually going today, I think. <clears throat> I think I'm either going to go to Staples or Office Depot. Maybe just Walmart, whatever. Maybe I'll just go to Walmart. But I need to get like a big dry erase board because we're at the point with merchandise where we need to like keep this stuff in order. Um, like I said, guys, this morning we've been talking – <clears throat> we have been talking um, merchandise. Also, also, also with the Daily Crow. We got an update. We got an update for the Daily Crow. I'm pumped about this one. I'm pumped about this one. So you guys know and understand how 
the Daily Crow has been growing, evolving. We've been adding all these guests, and it's just been really, really cool. I mean, it, it's been a blessing. It's been incredible. Um, you know, I, I just – I feel like it's added immense value, right? Starting the week of Georgia State on this day, in our Tuesday slot, we're going to have Alex McGrath. Wednesdays, we're going to have Anthony Treesh, a pro football focus. Thursdays, we're going to have J.C. Sherbert. Of course, Mondays, you already know we had him yesterday, Stephen Garcia. That leaves Friday open. Who is going to be on Friday? The coveted Friday slot, right? And I'll say this. He's not going to be every Friday, but my guy, Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews. I actually chatted with him last night, late last night after our simulation. That conversation will drop on the podcast tomorrow, okay? That that conversation will drop on the podcast tomorrow. Really excited for you guys to hear from him. And Brett's going to ch- jump on the show as much as he can. So it might be weekly. It might be every other week. But he's going to be in some capacity in season going to jump on. He's not the Friday guy, though. I'm just making that point that he's also going to jump on. So we're going to have guests. Very proud and excited to announce. Very proud and excited to announce. Drum roll, please. We've locked it in for Friday. And it might even be starting this week. I think it's going to start this week. Moving forward on Fridays, 12.15 to 12.45, our special guest. You guys have hated on his takes before, especially when it comes to the record prediction for the Gamecocks this year. But I'm very proud and excited to announce a good friend of mine, Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Going to come on the show every Friday, probably starting this week. Starting this week. I'm fired up for that. Love, listen, I, I, you can disagree. He picked the Gamecocks to go five and seven, two and six. So that'll actually make it that much sweeter when he's on this season. And hopefully we're winning games. And it's like, hey, Jake, you got that one wrong. <laughs> you got that one wrong. But seriously, <clears throat> Jake's incredible. Again, he, he brings the heat. Like there are, there are a few folks out there that I conversate with that I feel the same energy. Jake is a guy that brings the energy. I mean, he really does, and I love that. He's passionate. He's an SEC football guy. He's an SEC guy. I rock with Jake Heavy, and I'm, and I'm so excited to get him on the show weekly. So, again, that is the big announcement. That's the big news. Every Friday, starting, I believe, this week, at the latest next week, we will have Jake Crane of the J-Boy Show, which, which gives us all five slots in the week filled. How about that? All five slots. So, Monday, Stephen Garcia. Tuesday, Alex McGrath. Wednesday, Anthony Trisha, Pro Football Focus. Thursday, J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur. And then Friday, Jake Crane of Crane & Company. That's a hell of a lineup, folks. And that's just the ones that are booked. We might have others that pop in every now and then. Guys like, again, Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews. My good friend Chris Marler of Saturday Down South. Connor Aguera of Saturday Down South. We have built, I've been so fortunate and blessed over the years doing what I do, man, to build a really cool Rolodex of folks, you know what I mean, that that, that want to talk ball and rock with TSUS. Hey, Kelsey Quarles calling, and you just never know. You never know. But those are the five we have set. Very excited to add, because that Friday show's big, right? That's the last one before kickoff. So those are the last thoughts we get before kickoff, right? So Jake Crane, Crane and Company, I feel like he's going to be an asset in regards to not just taking us into the weekend for the Gamecocks, but taking us into the weekend for all of the SEC, all of college football. Going to be a really, really good time. So I appreciate my good friend Jake Crane for being willing to do it. 
And uh, yeah, my guy, Eric, TDC to the freaking moon, my guy. TDC to the moon. Guys, exciting times. Exciting times. We're 25 days away from kickoff. Um, Gamecocks are back on the practice field today around 3 o'clock or so. Hey, we're already getting reports, right? Depth chart reports. We're getting reports from practice. What does the first team offense look like? Sounds like uh, Marshawn Lloyd might be RB1. We're getting a feeling of what the receivers and everything's going to look like. The linebackers. Sounds like old Debo Williams might be starting for us. That's a surprise, right? Mo Caba and Debo at the linebacker. Where's Sherrod Green fit? I don't know. A lot of different guys will play. But uh, we're starting to hear those rumblings, right? Hey, we got a scrimmage on Saturday. We'll probably hear a lot from that. You know TSUS is going to have somebody on the inside. Somebody's going to be there in the, in the stadium. We're going. It, it is. It is a yearly tradition, right? <clears throat> it's become a yearly tradition that TSUS pisses off somebody, like the haters or whatever, a slap dick on Twitter because we got a guy who's in the stadium that sends me a video of what's going on, and then I post it, and people just freak the fuck out. Sorry, excuse my language, but they just freak out uh, because they're just pissed off because they're not in there or they're not getting the video. It is what it is. It's fine. The, 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 those who are miserable expose themselves freely. They do. They do. They do. Uh, Stone Blanton's wearing 52, uh, Travis. Yes. Not Trevor Sports Hit says, from what I'm hearing, Jalen Brooks has played wide receiver three. Yeah, I did hear he ran with the first team. So maybe Jalen's turned a corner. Who knows? Maybe that time away from football helped him. By the way, guys, we should be getting here in the next couple of minutes. We should be getting in the next couple of minutes. Um, a call. And and normally, like, I'm not somebody that I'll be totally honest with you guys. Like, I have a lot of fans that say, hey, I'd love to come on the show and talk ball. And, like, listen, if we if we opened up the floodgates for just every fan who wanted to come on the show to do so, all it would be is fans, right? All it would be is fans. Um, but this guy, this guy, I hope he's I, I hope he's tuned in. I hope he actually does call in. This guy, Jay Ray, Mr. Reynolds on Twitter. And it might be him. Call from James Reynolds. Here we go. I can't Except wait for press this. Press one to send a voicemail. Press. James, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on? Dude, not much. I will say this first things first. I appreciate you calling in. I see your area code is Anderson, so I don't know if you live there, but if you do, kudos to you for holding it down in the upstate in Clemson territory. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm actually as recently as two weeks ago your new neighbor because I'm living in Greenville, South Carolina. So. Kind of ironic. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, nice, man. Well, hey, welcome to the upstate. You know, the uh, the upstate's not as bad as you would think. No, I don't. I don't think know. so. I don't. I, I say this. Yeah. People told me, you know, it's it's Clemson country, and I, I understand we're closer to Clemson, but like, I, I went out downtown over the weekend, and I've just been out and about, and like, I have barely seen any orange. Like, like literally. I mean, I'm sure during the season, it's you know, it it, it is what it is, but like, just on a common day to day basis. It's not nearly yeah. as bad as people make it out to be. Yeah, it can be nauseating at times. Uh, but, yeah, man, overall, you, you know, the Gamecock fans represent themselves well in Greenville as well. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, welcome to the upstate. That's I appreciate awesome, it. man. Yeah, You're going to love you. it here. Green, Greenville is an amazing little town. It's booming. There's a lot of hustling going on in that area, too. So you're going to love it for sure. Yeah, I'm loving the area thus far, man. It's been a good time. 
Yeah, man. So, hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, you and I, we, we chatted just a little bit. And, uh, you know, one, one of the issues I was having with Gamecock fans and, and Gamecock Nation, uh, again, I'm, I'm a part of you guys, but uh, there just seems to be, to me at least, uh, this large group of fans that, that just kind of feel we're going to have a seven and five, eight and four type football season this year. And, they, and they're, they're happy with that. They're like, that's, that's going to be a good year for South Carolina football. And I take issue with that. I take issue with that because to me, a seven and a five or an eight and a four, or whatever you, whatever you may have that's in that range to me is not a good football season. We didn't go 0 and 11 last year. This isn't 2000 and we're not rebounding from a year where the team was just absolutely horrible. I feel like this team has much, much more to offer than seven and five and eight and four. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to give you my reasons mm. why. And, and there's reasons that Gamecock fans should be optimistic. We are 25 days away from a Carolina kickoff. And I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for this football season. And one of the reasons why is the quarterback position, man. And you know this. Any football fan can tell you the quarterback position makes a difference. It makes a difference. And it has been a good number of years since South Carolina has had a quarterback the caliber of someone like Spencer Rattler under center leading this program going forward. A guy who was 15-0, and 15-0 and in his last 15 starts. To me, that makes a big difference. I feel like the quarterback's position is going to be in outstanding hands, and, and that's no knock on Luke Doty. A lot of fans were like, last year we didn't have a quarterback. No, we did have a quarterback. I feel like Doty's an outstanding quarterback, but I can't begin to tell you how excited I am for him. That he's going to get an opportunity to play some this year. That he's going to get to work with Spencer Rattler. And I believe the quarterback position going forward is in outstanding hands at the University of South Carolina. Now, many, many that think South Carolina is going to have, uh, dare I say, average to slightly good season think well it's the schedule right they think the South Carolina football schedule is just too tough you just you just can't in one or two seasons get back and win six seven eight games in the SEC well I challenge that I challenge that and and here's why look at Auburn back in what was it 2012 they went oh and eight in the SEC three and nine overall and yet the very next year, 7-1 and one in the conference and went on to go to the national championship. It's possible, Chris. It is possible that this team, that this South Carolina football team, 2022, this football program can win and can win big. I firmly believe that. I'm curious, what were your expectations going into last year? Yeah, so last year, man, when Beamer came in, you saw what happened with the transfers. You saw these guys leaving, and it looked to me, no offense to anybody on that football team that was added that year, but the transfer portal was our very, very best friend, and it was we were looking for bodies to fill positions. If you had told me that Torian Gray would do that good of a job with that secondary, 
I would have never in a million years believed that secondary with those transfers that we had coming in. Again, no disrespect to any of those guys because they had an excellent year. Yeah. But I would never would have thought we would have had a good season there. I, I I thought if we could get to six wins and get to a bowl, I would be happy, 100%. And not only did we go to a bowl – but, I mean, we sold the show in bowl season. I mean, Shane Beamer, the Mayo Bowl, absolutely 100% sold the show. It was one of the highlights of the entire bowl season was the South Carolina football campaign. Right. And my expectations were similar last year as they were for Will Muschamp in year one. Thinking about what he left behind. Again, no disrespect to any football players, but after that 2015 season, we were hurting. We were hurting. There was not a whole lot out there. And Muschamp did a nice job coming in late, recruiting, bringing in some key pieces, and getting us to six wins and getting us to a bowl game. And and to me, those those were realistic expectations year one for a new quarterback. And, and to be honest with you, I was absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled to see Shane Beamer go to a bowl game and have that kind of success in year one of his reign as the head coach of South Carolina. And let, let's let's give people some context, right? Because you, you dropped a prediction, 10 and 2. And yeah. I'm going to run through these. You can interject and stop me if you like, but I, I'm just yeah. going to try to give people an idea of where you're coming mm-hmm. from and what your predictions are. So starting out, you got Carolina okay. beating Georgia State 49-27. You got Carolina beating Arkansas 38-34 on the road week two, so 2-0. Two and oh. Losing to Georgia, 41-31, which would be, I think, very respectable, high-scoring game, 2-1, and 1-1 one, one and one in SEC play. You then got Carolina winning okay. back-to-back in the non-conference game, 63-3 over Charlotte, 52-7 over SC State. You then got Carolina going to Lexington, beating Kentucky 31-10, which would be an awesome, awesome victory there. You have Carolina after the bye week beating A&M 35-28, beating Missouri 28-17, beating Vandy 49-10, beating Florida 42-3 to in the Swamp, losing to Tennessee 35-34, to and then beating Clemson 35-17 yep. to to finish up 10-2 and and, what, 6-2 and in conference play, which I, at worst, would put South Carolina – I'm assuming you would have Georgia winning the East. Carolina would finish in second with a 6-2 and record. I'm sure they'd be either 7-1, and probably 8-0 is where I've got them. But either way – 10 and 2 is your record prediction. Now, yes, I'm going to right, correct. right. And I'm going to and I'm going to say this too. I I okay. think that when you make a prediction, I agree with you that there's no reason why Carolina cannot be an elite program like the whole history thing and and the chicken curse thing and like that is a Yep, yep. What happened yep. in 1970 is not indicative of what's going to happen in 2022 and recruits don't care and I mean I think that's the biggest thing is like None of these players on this roster right. care about the history or tradition or lack thereof. It's just, you know, we don't have the shiny toys to show off when we bring recruits. But, like, it doesn't matter. For, like, it doesn't impact the result of a football game. I look at it this way. As I told you, I locked in 8-4, and 4-4 four, four and four in SEC play because I feel like there's th- – I've said this before. There's three ways to look at this season. There is the extremely pessimistic chicken curse view. There is the garnet glasses optimistic view, and then there is the realistic view. And what the realistic view says, or what I say, there are question marks on this team. Things that are to, reasons to be concerned, and there are reasons to be optimistic. I think it's unrealistic to think 
that all of the question marks will work out negatively. I think saying this team's going to go like five and seven is is extremely over the top. I think saying this team's going to go ten and two, to be honest with you, or eleven and one, is over the top. I think it's more realistic that some things are going to work out better than we expect. They're going to be surprises. Unfortunately, I think some things aren't going to work out as well as we hoped, and they're going to be maybe disappointments. Look at a guy like Jordan Birch and his career. That's a living example of that. So when the dust settles in that middle ground I've just stated, that's why you're seeing so many folks pick a 7-5, and five, pick an 8-4. and four. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I just look at Shane Beamer year two asking to – I mean, the, the over-under in Vegas is 6.5, my friend, and they don't build those mansions out there in the desert off winner's money. Those guys normally know what they're doing. So yeah, do you know what do you know what their prediction for South Carolina's win total was last year? It was three and a half, which I said hammer the over. It three felt disrespectful. And a half. But do you realize which how close? Do you realize how close the Gamecocks were to winning four games last year? I mean, it what was close. Absolutely. It was close. Yeah, it, like so. It, granted, know, Chris, we smashed it, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, they yeah. missed that. But more no, I, often than not, they hit it. More often than not, right. Right, but Chris, you know, and, and along with what you're saying there, man, I agree with you on that. And a lot of college football is when you play somebody, when you play somebody, not who you played. I mean, I'm telling you, if we played Auburn or Florida early in the season, <coughs> do we beat Florida Auburn last year? I don't know, man. I don't know. Not with the way we were playing at certain points. I, I would year. agree with you. I would agree 110%. Yeah. I think we caught Florida and Auburn at the perfect time. Yeah. yeah. We absolutely did, and that's the reason I've got Florida on there, 42-3. to three. Look at who they're playing around that time they're going to South Carolina or South Carolina's coming to Gainesville for that game. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of just really just neat things on our schedule that, that I really like. I mean, Georgia at noon, I like that, you know. I'm recalling 2019, you know, where a team was completely outmatched, completely outmatched, had – just quarterback plays, literally the quarterback knew, what, two or three plays and just kept running the mm. same two or three plays over and over again? Right. But it worked out against a very, very good football team. And a lot of this college football stuff is when you play somebody, not who you play them, but when you <laughs> play them. And so, you know, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic for this South Carolina football season. There are question marks, Chris, but there's question marks on every team. There's question marks on every team. The one in the upstate – there's a big question mark under center. I mean, I watched a little bit of their spring game, but, man, you know, they, I think that freshman takes that job before we know it there mm. because it ain't looking good. It ain't looking good for them. There's question marks on every football team. When it comes to South Carolina's offensive line, I have question marks about that. I am suspicious of that offensive line. However, there is continuity. There has been talk of the of the of the practices that Jovan Gwynn has had with other guys there, and there's leadership there. Mm. And if the offensive coordinator can run the right plays, that the offensive line can be at their best on, I think South Carolina has a fantastic job to go, or fantastic potential to go ten and two this year, beyond a shadow of doubt, and may get more. And may get more. I mean, ten and two is is very reasonable. I feel. A lot of you guys are going to say eight and four, seven and five, because that's the conservative way of looking at this and saying, you know, we're going to lose here, we're going to lose here, we're going to lose here, that sort of thing. But I don't feel that way. I feel like this team could 
win many, many football games next year. We have the right head coach with the right energy, the right passion. If we start this season 3-0, and if we start this season 3-0, and we're not losing this year. I'm telling you that right now. If we start 3-0, and we're not losing this year. This, Columbia will go insane. It will be berserk what will happen in Gamecock football land if we can get 3-0 and and start the season <laughs> off that way. But, hey, it's one week at a time, baby. You know what I mean? It's one week at a time. And we're going to see what this team's about against Georgia State. We're going to know what's going on there when we go to Arkansas. That's going to be a tough game. I got a, I got an even another prediction for you mm-hmm. on that, Chris, right. for the Arkansas game week two. I think it's going to be a rain fest. I think it's going to be a monsoon in Fayetteville week two. And I think it's going to be a very, very challenging game for South Carolina to go into Arkansas with it raining and and to beat a team that is run heavy like they are. But if we get out of Arkansas with a win and we're 2-0, and that Georgia game at home at 12 o'clock at noon, man, you fans better show up, man. Y'all better be there. Y'all better be there. It's going to be on. It is going to be on. And if we get out of that with a win and we go 3-0, we may not lose this year, period. Because I'm telling you, momentum has a way of, of, of working things out in football. Now, an inj- you know, like I know, Chris, an injury can derail this whole thing. Mm. One guy gets hurt. Uh, you know, one guy quits the team. Whatever, you know, anything can happen. There, there are variables to every football team and to every football season. But you guys have reasons to be optimistic. South Carolina football <laughs> is back. It is back. The recruiting is getting even better as we go. We got a head coach that is just as passionate about South Carolina football as I am. And how long has it been since I've been able to say that? It's been a long time since I've been able to say my head coach cares more about South Carolina football than I do. Well, Shane Beamer cares more about South Carolina football than I do. He cares more about it than you do, Chris, believe it or not. And it's wonderful to see, and the results are speaking for themselves, man. I can't wait to see what's in store. Our Gamecocks this year, man. Well, I'm ready to run through a brick wall now, man. I, I mean, I, and I'll tell you this: these are <laughs> these are uh, these are problems. I, I say problems; that's a, a harsh word, but th- these are conversations I dreamed of because I've sat here and done the Daily Crow when Will Muschamp was the head coach, and I actually had to like try to fire people up for football. So I'd much rather be on this side where I'm trying to talk folks down from picking 10 or 11 or 12 wins in a season than trying to get people excited for kickoff. So I can respect it. I really can. I can respect it. And hey, from your lips, from your lips to God's ears, my friend, I pray that it happens. I really do. Again, I, 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 I will just say this. I only disagree with you on one thing because I respect all predictions. I I disagree with you on one thing in that, I don't think you're a loser if you have expectations of seven, five, or eight, and four. I don't blame someone for having realistic expectations over something they have absolutely no control over. So, hey, if you want to be somebody who's seven, five, eight, and four, and you're gonna, you want to be pleasantly surprised, I don't think that makes you a loser. I just think it makes you a realistic fan because, to to your point, let me just make this very clear. To your point, ten and two or more. And, and, hey, history doesn't define the future, but it gives us a good idea. And just, just to make the point of how rare, how unique, how amazing that would be, Carolina football has won double-digit games in a season four times 
in over 100 years of playing. So, like, that is the type of history that would be made. So, yeah, I think it's just yeah, good man. to keep that Absolutely. in perspective. It is. It is, man. But, you know, again, and I, and I respect your opinion as well, and I respect all you – know, even that guy with the five and seven opinion, I mean, I laugh at that because I think that's hilarious. Uh, but, you know, there's, you're right. There are prognosticators out there, Chris, that, that think we're going to finish fifth in the East. The media there's thinks we're going to finish fifth in the East. Everybody who's picking the East has picked Carolina to finish fifth. Everyone. I haven't seen a pick. And a half win. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen a pick yeah. where South Carolina has finished above fifth in the East. Yeah. Well, keep sleeping on South Carolina. Keep sleeping on the quarterback that we got. That's going to, that's going to be a game changer for us. Um, you know, all these people can keep sleeping on that, but you know they'll show up for game day when we're when we're three and zero after that Georgia game for sure, man. So we'll see what happens. Hey, and listen, you you may have seen the clip, you may have not, but I've already gone on record and said if the South Carolina wins ten or more games this year, I'm getting a Beamer Ball tattoo on my ass cheek. So oh yeah, you'll have that to look forward to as well. So hey, listen, listen, I man, pray it happens. Awesome. I pray it happens, and that's yeah. and I I said that. I will get that 10 wins. Doesn't matter if it's with or without a bowl win. So if we go nine and three and win a 10th in a bowl game, I'm sticking to it. 10 wins, Beamer Ball tap. It's coming. That's awesome, man. I, and it's, it's very, very possible. You know, none of us know what's going to happen in the future. South Carolina football has a way of building you up and dropping you on your head really fast, man. You know that. I, I uh, yep. it was funny just, just talking about this mentality that Gamecock fans have got to change. Um, my son's 11 years old, so he was born in 2010, and he wasn't even born yet when South Carolina beat Alabama. And he and I were watching the game yesterday together. I was watching the entire game with him of the 2010 South Carolina-Alabama football game. And as we're watching the game, and Steven Garcia takes the ball and throws it through the back of the end zone for a safety. You may remember that. Mm-hmm. And it brought Alabama, I think, within 10 or within seven points. And I looked at my son. I said, yep, that right there is when we thought we blew it right there. Mm. And then I caught myself, and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm talking about with this mentality of South Carolina football. We have got to get our expectations up. We have got to start expecting more. You know, Do you know how difficult it was for Ray Tanner to fire Will Muschamp? I mean, it was inc- the, the press conference. He, I thought he was going to break down in tears. He was so emotional about firing that guy. The expectations that South Carolina have got to pick up. You know, being here in the upstate, there is a, an, a, a, a voice on a radio show up here. He's all the time making fun of South Carolina fans and South Carolina football and their history and what they tolerate and what they accept. And sometimes I can't help but wonder is this guy right? You know, is this what we're going to accept? Are we going to accept mediocre results? Hopefully not. Hopefully that's going to change. Hopefully expectations are going to rise. I mean, if you won seven games last year, and this is year two, and the team is better in so many different areas, to think we're going to go from seven wins to eight wins, that's not good enough. We need to be thinking nine wins. We need to be thinking 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins. That's what we as fans need to be thinking and need to be expecting. We are 25 days from a Carolina kickoff. You best believe I'm going to be in the stands for the Georgia State football game. I am jacked up. We will know more after Georgia State for sure, but South Carolina fans have got to raise expectations. They've got to break this loser mentality, this woe is me, this chicken curse, 
And, you know, some, some of us that we're second or third generation fans, second or third generation fans. We have dealt with this our entire lives. I am 34 years old. I have been through 0 and 11. I have been through 1 and 10. I have been through 63 to 17, 56 to 7. You name it, I've been there. And I get it. I know we are hurt as a fan base, especially when as much as we're struggling, Georgia and Clemson are finding success on the gridiron. I get it. But that doesn't mean we can't raise our expectations. That doesn't mean we can't do it, too. We can. We have everything we need at the University of South Carolina to produce a winning football program and build a winning tradition and have more banners than a 2010 SEC East Championship. And it starts this year. It is time. Let's go. Go Gamecocks. My man, I love it. I love it. I appreciate the call, my dude. Fantastic stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah, call in any time. Seriously, call in any time. We'd love to have you. There you go. 15-0, national title. Why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, what a call. I mean, honestly, genuinely, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect because I had some banter with that guy on Twitter. And some people just fling predictions and just say whatever. And, and like the guy we had yesterday, all due respect to him. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about, yeah, I didn't watch the Arkansas team last year. Yeah, I haven't watched Carolina football since 2017. It's like, okay, well, like you have no idea what you're talking about. But this dude, very well informed. Hey, sticking to his guns. I respect all predictions. I do. Again, I would just say this. I would just say this. That, I, again, I just will not blame a fan for setting realistic expectations because we're not in control of what happens on the field. And, and I think fans, to come down on fans and say, well, it's, it's their fault Carolina football is the way it is because of their woe is me mentality and, and their predictions. And my predictions, my projections, hey, my banter has no impact on the field of play. None, none. And I think Gamecock fans are just a result of what's happened for over 100 years. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like South Carolina fans from the jump have been the reason, like, well, we've just always had low expectations. I, I don't think you can pin that on Carolina. All Carolina fans have done is show up and support. That's all they've done. It's, it's the people's job in the building. It's the people's job hiring the people in the building to set the expectations and the standard and win games. Fans just pay for tickets and show up, which they've done forever. That's all we've ever done. All we've ever done is show up. So is it on the fans that counter football hasn't won? I, I don't think you can pin that on, well, just fans have had low expectations. <clears throat> what I think is the wrong move is setting expectations like for a 10-win season and Carolina goes seven and five this year. God forbid it goes eight and four, and people want to come down on Shane Beamer. I, I just, I, I, I just again, when Beamer was hired, I looked at it as we are locked in this thing for the long haul, and it takes time to build a program. Alabama's not Alabama because they got a couple nice five stars. Georgia's not Georgia because they got a couple nice five stars. Right. 
they are who they are because they have depth. They have a roster full of these really, really good football players. And you don't get those guys in one recruiting class, even two, even three. I mean, let's all keep in mind, guys, while we set our expectations sky high, this still ain't even Beamer's roster. 70% of this roster isn't his. A lot of these guys are still must-champ holdovers. And I'm not telling you to set absurdly low expectations. I'm not saying expect us to win five or six games and so you can be pleasantly surprised. Like, I don't live my life that way, right? I don't live my life that way. But when I'm locking in predictions and I'm making predictions, again, what you have to keep in mind is this. South Carolina is not the only team that wants to win and that is trying to win. There's a Tennessee. Hey, listen, my guy that just called in, Jay, I believe, named Jay. I apologize if I messed up. I believe it's Jay. I hear you. I hear you. Reynolds, Jay Reynolds, I hear you. There's a Tennessee guy who thinks the same thing you do about Tennessee football. There's a Kentucky guy who thinks the same thing. There's a Florida guy who thinks the same thing. They all think they're going to win double. I mean, you think there aren't Tennessee fans that think don't think they're going 10-2 and winning the SEC East? James, my bad, James. They're going to win the SEC East? As I said when you were on the call, listen, I think there's a lot of reasons to be positive and optimistic. And I love that. I, like, I love a call like yours. I actually see, I actually love it. I love it. Because years past, we've had banter strictly on the negative of why we're going to be terrible. Will Muschamp's our coach. We have this problem, that problem, that problem, that problem. Like, that has been the banter. So to have your take on the other side, I love it. I love the banter. I love it. I really, truly do. I just view it this way. I'll go, let me, let me give you the, the scenarios here. Reasons to be optimistic for South Carolina football. You add Spencer Rattler, the highest rated player at that position ever in the history of Carolina football. You add guys like Antoine Wells at receiver. You have Josh Van back. Jalen Brooks has returned and is ready for his breakout season. Jaheim Bell is going to be a star. Austin Stogner at tight end is a player that slept on as an all-conference caliber type player. I think Trey Kenyon at tight end showed in the spring game he can be a big-time guy, right? The running back position, yes, you lose Harrison White, but Christian Bill Smith led Wake Forest in rushing last year. Marshawn Lloyd sounds like he's primed to be the guy we all thought he was going to be. Juju McDowell, electric, instant offense player. Lavoisier Carroll coming from Georgia. He's now on the offensive side. He is a guy that can help and can contribute. The offensive line. You got 129 career starts back. You have seven guys who have started six or more games in a season. Your entire two deep has returned. Dylan Wanham is back from injury. That line, they're only going to get better second year in the system under Marcus Satterfield. On the defensive side, you got talent up front. Shane Beamer has vouched the defensive tackles are the, the best position group, position unit on this football team. Jordan Strawn, prime for a big year from Georgia State, long, lanky guy, NFL caliber player. Terrell Dawkins from NC State, a player that he transferred in. He led NC State in 2020 in sacks and led the ACC in sacks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you call back in whoever you are. I'm on a, I'm on a rant right now. Um, Jordan Birch set for his breakout season. Linebackers will be better with the return of Sherrod Green. Secondary, right? Top 10 in the country nationally last year. 
Top 10 nationally. Cam Smith leading the way. Devonnie Reed from Central Michigan fills in for Jalen Foster. R.J. Roderick's back as a veteran. You added six DBs from the recruiting class. They were all great players. And then you got Shane Beamer at head coach who it speaks for itself what he's done with Carolina football. A lot of reasons to be optimistic. But everything I just mentioned, there are reasons to be not as optimistic. Dare I say pessimistic, but more realistic in my opinion. But I can go through it like this. Let's do it again. And again, whoever just called in, I apologize. I'm going to let you call in, but I'm going off right now. Quarterback. What if Spencer Rattler is not as good as we think he is? What if Spencer Rattler, there's a reason he got benched, right? There's questions around him. I still question the wide receiver room, guys. Because outside of Josh Van and Antoine Wells, and Antoine Wells hadn't played a snap in the SEC, by the way. Corey Rucker ain't played a snap in the SEC. Out of, outside of Josh Van, who's proven? Out, let's just say Wells, you want to throw him in there. Outside of those two guys, who's proven? I'd argue the receiver room still isn't great top to bottom. Jaheim Bell, fantastic bowl game. Can he do it on a week-in, week-out basis? He hadn't proven that. He hadn't proven that. He's got athleticism, for sure, but he hadn't proven that. Austin Stogner, I think, should be a nice piece. Trey Kenya hadn't done anything at South Carolina. Hey, let's move to the offensive line. <laughs> Trash a year ago. Trash, and it's the same guys. What makes you think they're going to be anything other than what they've been? It's the same exact guys. Trash. Even if they make a step up, they were so bad last year, a step up could still be the 10th best O-line in the conference. Defensively. Hey, D-line's got talent. D-line's got talent. D-line's... How many years in a row have we said that? And we still can't stop the run. I think Strawn's a nice player. Terrell Dawkins injured last year. Is he ready to contribute? Jordan Birch is creeping oh so close to bust status. Oh, by the way, I forgot to talk running backs on the offense. Marshawn Lloyd hadn't proven anything. Christian Beal Smith, solid player. Nothing crazy, but you lose Kevin Harrison's a Quandre White. Are you going to get the same production out of those guys? Again, defensively, D-line, Hatman will stop the run. Couldn't do it last year. Got the same guys back this year practically. Jordan Birch creeping oh so close to bust status. Linebackers have been an eyesore for years. You're telling me Mo Caba and Debo? You're telling me Debo Williams is a starting linebacker? The guy from Delaware that didn't play hardly at all last year? He's a starting linebacker? That is concerning to me. That's concerning. Yes, Juju offensively. Very good. Very good. Juju offensively. All my other, all of my other points still stand with that position. The linebackers. Oof. Oof. Secondary, you've got Cam Smith. There's no guarantee Devonnie Reed is going to replace the production and be a Jalen Foster. So with all that being said, there are question marks. There are reasons to be optimistic. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Some of the things I've mentioned will work out well. Some of the things will not. And that's going to put you to seven and five or eight and four season. Not everybody's going to be great, guys. Everybody's great right now because it's August the 9th. Ain't nobody played a game. Everybody's good right now. That's why I don't buy into the whole, like, well, they're saying this at practice. They're saying, dude, everybody is good at practice. Everybody's good in the preseason. Everybody's good until you get an SEC play and you get punched in the face. 
You think Georgia's guys aren't good, too? You think Tennessee's guys aren't good, too? You think Florida's guys aren't good, too? You think Kentucky's guys, A&M's guys, Arkansas's guys? They're all good, too, man. Everybody right now is undefeated. Everybody's great. It ain't going to work out that way, though. All those, like, when has it ever, when have you ever gone into a season? And sure, if you want to say technically a dream season could happen, sure, man. But when I when I make predictions, I don't make predictions on crazy hypotheticals and hope. I make predictions off known commodities. And the known commodity, James Reynolds and everybody else, is this. And again, I respect it. If you're picking 10 and 2, God bless you, and I hope it happens. I hope it happens. The known commodities are this. When you look at this football team, if you're just the outsider or whatever, even just being connected to it, I'd say this. This is a football team with all the additions, everything else. This is the reality. You lost your top two rushers. You're still thin at wide receiver. You got an offensive line who was dog shit last year, and you got a defensive line that couldn't stop the run. That's who you are. So until those things are proven otherwise, listen, if this O-line takes a massive jump and they're one of the best in the conference, well, then, hell, I don't know. Maybe you do win nine games. But the offensive line is a massive question mark. The defensive line, the run defense, is a massive question mark. There are, there are big question marks on this football team. There are. You can't say there's not. And so, again, if there's, if, there's, if there's 10 question marks, let's just say it, five. Let's say there's five question marks. What are the odds that all five of those work out the way we hope? It's just unrealistic. And it's also unrealistic to think that all five work out negatively, right? The truth is somewhere in the middle. And if more work out well than don't, then it's I'm pleasantly surprised. Me expecting everything to work out well or work out poorly does not, does not sway what will happen on the field. James Reynolds, yes, there are question marks on every football team, but there are some have more than others. He makes the point of Georgia lost everybody, yet everybody wants to crown. Well, James, they're reloading on the defensive side with five-star on five. This year's five-stars, this year's Georgia defense, they're just all next year's first-round draft picks. I mean, what do you want me to tell you, my guy? Hey, call it for what it is. Like you said, James, it's no disrespect. No disrespect to anybody on the roster, but this is calling a spade a spade. Georgia is reloading with five stars, right? Carolina's reloading with a Central Michigan transfer, with a Delaware transfer, with a James Madison transfer, with an Arkansas State transfer. All due respect to them, and I think those guys can be great players, but it ain't the same. It's not the same. You can't say it's the same. I think a lot of those guys I just mentioned are going to be some of our top players, but it's different. It's it, You can't say it's the same. I mean, one of our top pass rush guys is a transfer from Georgia State who y'all are shitting on that were playing week one. Jordan Strawn played there. So you got to keep that in perspective. You have to keep that in perspective. Listen, if we go 10-2, and I'll say this. If we go 10-2, and James, it's because Spencer Rattler has a chip on his shoulder and he played Heisman caliber level of football. And Billy Thompson, yes, My season prediction was literally on the money. 
last year. It was on the money. I picked the Gamecocks last season. You can go check the receipts, my guy. You can check the receipts. Six and six, three and five in SEC play hit the damn nail on the head. The only, the only game that I missed, and I missed it badly, I had Tennessee as a win, Florida as a loss. So you swap those, I got every other game right. Some of the scores were scary close, too. And I'm not trying to deem myself as I'm the all-knowing, I'm the alpha and the omega, and I, and I know what's going to happen and you don't. But I feel like I've got somewhat of an idea. And I felt like, honestly, 8-4 and four was optimistic. I was like, man, I, I'm, I can't believe I, I thought I was going to pick us to go 7-5. and five. I really did. So, it's, it's, like, like I said, there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic. There are also a lot of reasons to have question marks. And it's okay. It's only year two of Beamer. Shane Beamer is a head football coach. He's not a wizard. He's not a miracle worker. And I love the optimism. But asking Shane Beamer, and James, what's scary, what's scary in your scenario is you are setting a standard and expectation, James, that if South Carolina doesn't win 10 games, fans should be upset and disappointed with Shane Beamer, and that's not fair. That's not fair in year two. It's not fair. It's not fair to put those kind of expectations on Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. It's just, it's just not. It's not fair. It's not fair. I, I don't... I don't only keep the expectations realistic for myself and for the fans. I got Shane Beamer's back. I like Shane Beamer. I believe in Shane Beamer, and I don't think the expectation should be unfairly set for him in year two. If this is year seven, that's a different story, right? I hope we get to a level like Georgia was at, where it was like, bro, Mark Rick was winning 10 games, and that wasn't good enough. That wasn't good enough for them. Here, we'll jump to the phone lines. Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on again? Sorry, sorry for all the calls. The uh, very show you got into it. I actually um, got got something for you. So yeah. last year uh, we had a seven to six record, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, and if you look on the twenty twenty one, you know, two forty seven sports uh, commits, and you see all these three stars we have, we don't we don't have one four star on here. Probably, I mean, yeah, we probably got like one and that's an offensive linebacker and uh yeah i mean seven to six record i think that's really really great for especially with all the guys that we had from last year which is you know uh, so overall rank was 56 and what we got right now is like in the 24 so i think we're gonna I, I, that's why i think that guy is saying that we might go 10 and 2 because out of all the four star and five stars we have we have like 12 four stars right now currently so I feel like we're going to do way better because we, we had a better rank than we did in uh, 2011, 2012, and 2013. Right. I mean, it all comes down to recruiting. So so are you saying we're going to win more games this year or next year or what because of recruiting? What, what's what's the – I feel like we're going to win more games this year than we did last year for sure. Right. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you, I, you're obviously somebody who's really locked into recruiting and you, you live in, you know, I don't want to draw any conclusions, but somewhat live and die by the stars. Hey, do you believe in the blue chip ratio? Because I do. Over 50%. Yeah, I do. You, need over, you need over 50%. Some, some fans disagree. Okay. Well, some fans would disagree. Well, that doesn't matter. Well, it does. It, to, to win a championship, 
the stats pretty clearly show you need to have over 50% blue chip ratio. And the only fans that don't care, stars aren't everything, but the only people that discredit the stars to the point where, like, they don't matter, bro, those are fans of right. schools who don't recruit very well. So if Carolina gets to this 10-2 and mark or better, if they get to an SEC championship, if they get to a national championship, it will be because recruiting changed. It will be because we, right. will, we will look back at recruiting and we will say South Carolina started recruiting at minimum a top 15 level. At minimum. At minimum. Yeah, yeah. That, and, yeah, you're right about that, yeah. So, I, that that's why, I, that you know, I, you obviously can, I mean, clearly Beamer can actually coach because, you know, from last year's record. And I, I'm just saying, like, you know, if you just go on 247 sports, like I said again, you see nothing but three stars on here. So, right. I mean, compare. I'm I'm on, I'm looking on here right now, and we got overall overall rank 24, transfer rating nine. And from last year, it was way higher than that. So, I don't know. Right. I mean, I guess time will tell. Yeah, teams with the best players win the most games. <laughs> I mean, that's it's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. Um, they don't mean everything. But yeah, they do I mean even something. told I even told my dad about that too. Like, uh, because he's a huge Carolina fan, so mm-hmm. I told him I was like, I feel like we're gonna go, you know, ten and two or something like that. He started laughing, so he he, he always had his hopes up because he he thinks that every you know every year he's gonna we're gonna go in championship and always had his hopes up for nothing. So right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, you know, again, recruiting is the name of the game, man. So, listen, I, I think Shane Beamer and company are doing all the right things on the uh, on the recruiting trail, and it's all about, uh, you know, slowly but surely also winning more games to attract more good football players, and it will take time. But I think they're doing all the right things, Mark. all the necessary things to win and win big. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep, that's all I needed. I just wanted to get that off my chest. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff. No Take it easy. Yeah, man. You too. Good stuff, dude. We've been rocking and rolling, happening and taking a break, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into one. Um, I do want to highlight, I mean, the comments are just absolutely <laughs> I guess we won't jump into a break. Call from Troy. People are just waiting. What's going on, man? How are you? Hello. Hey, I'm good. My my bad for calling as soon as you said the break. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Right before. Yeah, no, you're fine. Go ahead. All righty. Well, I was I the one who called during your uh, your rant. Oh my and, bad. Uh, I just I wanted to I wanted to get that out there, so I apologize. Normally, I would take the call, but I'm like, no, I, no, I want no, to finish no. this thought. I was just about to apologize for calling while you were. No, on you're good. You're no, good. No, you you hit a lot of the points I was I was going to call about anyways. Uh, the defense, man. I just I, I, I'm, I'm not feeling real strong about the defense. I'm not a long-time listener. I've only listened to about three podcasts. But um, I don't know. I just I, I genuinely think our defense has deteriorated over the past few years. I, I just I can't see our defense even being as decent as they was as they were last year. And I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be the problem, whereas our offensive side of the ball is going to be way better than it has been in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the defense, what's so intriguing is everybody's just assuming, right, the defense is just going to be elite or just as good as they were last year, like you said. And, like, what if they're not? What if they're not, mm-hmm. you know? I, I mean, I, 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 I trust just, like, I trust in Clayton White. I trust in Torian Gray. But 
you let, let's let's hey let's look at it again. Let's look at it again from take off the garnet glasses. Let's take them off. Let's look at it. It's a defense that returns practically the same line of, the same front seven that was abysmal against the run, and the secondary mm-hmm. while it returns a Cam Smith who was there last year, it returns a Cam Smith. It loses its most productive and most lethal player in the secondary from a season ago. Now, how is that defense better than last year's? Now, with that being said, I'm not saying there isn't, I would argue maybe there's more talent on the defensive side from some guys you've added. But again, there are real question marks. We've seen this movie before uh, of a defense making their living, getting turnovers. I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors, but I just, the point I've made, what if the, the, the turnovers don't come at the rate you got last year? What if, what if, I won't even say they're cut in half because I think that's too aggressive. What if you go from 24 takeaways to 17 takeaways? What if, how about just 20? 20 takeaways. Takeaways were a major part of that team, that team last year. It's a major part of winning seven. What if you don't get those takeaways? What if, that for whatever reason, they don't come? It's not a, it's exactly. just, it's no, not think- just a, it's not just a, a shoe in that this defense is like, I don't want to say it's a concern, but there are question marks. When you lose a guy like a Jalen Foster, you lose a guy like an Enigbare, there are major, que- there, there are question marks. It's fair to say there are question marks. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. The linebackers are my main concern. I don't think. I mean, I li- think hey, to your point, my guy, not to cut you off, but like, I'm so, I, I don't care who this pisses off. I don't give a damn. You know how I operate at this point. I'm sorry. But when I see and hear, and the practice reports, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't think, oh, well, this is who was the first team yesterday. So this is who's starting. I don't take it that way. But like, bro, I'm sorry. When I'm hearing Debo Williams is at starting linebacker, I, I, I literally almost became physically ill. I was like, holy shit, we're going to give up 300 yards rushing a game. Like, no offense. That dude didn't even play last year. The man came from Delaware. You're telling me one of our starting linebackers is a Delaware transfer? Listen, this is why I'm TSUS. This is why I don't have credentials. Fuck them. I'll just tell you. I'm concerned because one of our starting linebackers is from Delaware. How the hell are we going to beat Georgia with a guy (laughs) like that? I don't. How are we going to stop the run? We can't even beat Tennessee with guys like that. Like, there's no way. I'm not saying where you played previously is indicative of how you're going to play this season. Look at Carlin's Platel last year. I never would have thought in a million years a guy from Assumption would have been a productive DB or a football player in this league. I'm just saying, though, I was already concerned about linebacker. So I'm hoping Sherrod Green is going to fill in. Right? I'm just just saying the roster's not perfect, right? The roster's not perfect. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I completely agree. And I appreciate you taking the time to let me talk on your show, man. I love this show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I, I like what you got going on here. I like your opinions. I like how you just tell it how it is, man. I appreciate you. It's the only way I know how, my friend. Hey, I appreciate the call. Call in any time. Yes, sir. I will. You have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. Great stuff. And if you don't like it, whatever. Whatever. Uh, James, by the way, you said your quarterback last year was from Francis Marion. Chill. Uh, yeah, James, the quarterback was actually from St. Francis, and he was dog shit. And I said that. He was dog shit. He, I tip my cap for the way he played, playing above his skill level, but the Clemson game showed he was hot dog water. I don't know what point you're making by bringing that up. <laughs> like, again, 
I'm not trying. This isn't like the the knock Debo Williams show today. I'm just saying that like Jimmy's and Joe's win games. So when you're trying to compare Georgia and Carolina, Georgia's reloading with a different type of athlete than we are reloading with in some areas. And that's just, you can't debate that. You can't debate that. You can't debate that. FCS doesn't equal bad, Austin, but again, it's a different type of athlete. You made that point, too. There's no point in comparing, like, a Georgia and a, and a Carolina. And, and I, I'm not – Debo Williams couldn't crack the lineup last year, and our linebackers were not, were not good. Anyways, we're, this isn't the Debo Slam Debo Williams podcast, but this is the podcast that will tell you like it fucking is. Guys, we're going to jump into a break. More of your questions, comments, calls. On the other side, you're tuned into the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I'll just say this again. Um, I did not expect to hear on this Tuesday, August the 9th, 2022, that we'd be talking about how great of a quarterback Jason Brown was last year. And um, Again, love that Debo Williams is a Gamecock, but if you want me to be honest about the which I'm going to be, and somebody said – as we went into break, that uh, I can say Chase Orvin says that that man is loyal to his followers. That rant or just anything you've seen, Chase, at this point, that's not me being loyal to my followers in the sense of like some sort of like, oh, I got to put on a shtick to be loyal to my followers. It's just just calling it like I see it. It's just keeping it a buck, man. Like, I I mean, which again, I'm not overreacting to seeing like, well, this is who ran with the first team today. Like, bro, it's August the 9th. Like, it's practice. Like, I don't think this is – that is the starting lineup, like every position you saw. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to front and say that when I saw that Debo Williams was running with the first team, I was a little concerned. And, again, that this is not the not Debo Williams show today. But, like, there are certain – like, linebacker guys is already a concern. I, mean, I don't care who's out there. It's been an eyesore for years. What, what evidence can you give me that – the linebackers are going to be a strength of the football team. The only thing I could say is that the return of Sherrod Sher- Green, it's a damn shame that we didn't get to see him play last year. But people saying that, well, Jason Brown just didn't have any time. Bro, the offensive line stunk for sure, but to act like we'd have won 10 games with him as our starting quarterback – Come on, guys. Like, are we really going to do this? Are we, are we Are we really going to spend this show talking about how great Jason Brown – if he was so great, why didn't he stay? Play in the bowl game, God forbid. I mean, come on, guys. Let, let's – I mean, I, I, <laughs> come on, man. I, we're not spending the rest of this show just debating Jason Browns. Jason Brown ain't even going to start Virginia Tech. What are we talking about? <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Um, Chase Orvin, I can't tell what comment you're, oh, about the passing, I guess. Why do you think, Chris, that Brandon Lorenzo and even Jake Bentley was inconsistent? You're bringing up some real slap dicks to make your point, my guy. Jake Bentley was the king of a mind-numbing interception when you, when you least needed it. Lorenzo Nunez just couldn't throw the ball. Had nothing to do with the amount of time. And Brandon McElwain was a bust that played for one Muschamp. So, I mean, it, it, dude, I, I just – come on. Come on, my guy. You, you, you just – come on. 
Um, anyways, 843-790-3377. And I'll say this, I hope Debo Williams leads this team in tackles this year, interceptions. He has an all of I hope Debo Williams is Will Anderson this season. I hope Debo Williams is Will Anderson. I hope he hears everything I say and he says, you know what, I'm going I'm to I'm show that guy. But, sorry, bro, I'm going to call it. I mean, the, the only reason we had this conversation is because folks want to say, we're reloading just like Georgia. We're reloading, but it's not exactly the same thing. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not quite the same. It's different in some ways. All that being said, I am fired up that you guys are fired up. I'm fired up there are folks out there that believe we're going to win 10 games. I love that. I love that because there are real reasons to be optimistic. But what's so funny about that rant I just went on, there, are, there will be people on social media, the message board, whoever, in whatever walk of life that will hear what I just said and say, this guy hates on players. He's negative about players and coaches. Guys, if you want someone who's going to paint sunshine and rainbows for you and tell you how great – Listen, not everybody on the roster is good. <gasps> Shocker, what a news flash! Not everybody on our roster is going to play in the NFL. Oh, my God, I can't believe you'd ever say anything negative about someone on the roster. <clears throat> there are people out there with Gamecock podcasts and entities that will tell you that they're all great. Why do we have to, why do we have to pretend like everybody's good? Everybody's good on August the 9th, but not everybody is the same level. That's why there are teams like Alabama and then there are teams like Vandy. Not everybody's good. It's okay. It ain't me hating. I'm just saying that, man, if, if a guy like, if a certain guy that didn't play last year is now one of our starters, it, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking. They're, they're just, it, again, it's this, it's this weird dynamic in college athletics that I've learned, that I've learned doing what I do. I know. I know. I've learned it talking about the team on the field. I've learned it talking about coaches. I learned it talking about Jalen Brooks and my take on him. In the NFL, your favorite – hey, listen, and we probably got a lot of NFL fans tuned in. You guys are going to attest to this and agree. In the NFL, if your favorite team signs a guy, you might be like, bro, he's ass. He's trash. Why are we paying him that? This guy sucks. And nobody bats an eye. But I say a recruit ain't worth a damn. Call oh, he all hell will break loose. Kirk, 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 Kirk it's crazy. Let's jump. Press one. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, I think he's got me beat on as far as rants go as of today. I'm on one today, Robbie. And, uh, I, you know, I think, I think our guy uh, James has got you beat on – optimism for this season because oh, yeah. he's picking the game cops to go 10 and yeah, 2 that was that was that was that was epic. that was that was very epic very very epic i don't know how you or me are going to top it but i think you kind of topped it with the rant that you went on before you even went to break i don't even remember the last time you went almost a full-blown hour without even going to a break okay i don't remember okay but i agree with you okay there is a major difference between playing at Delaware, okay, and playing at South Carolina in the SEC. There is a major, major difference. I don't care what someone says. 
I I I just want us to I just want to see us play better than we played last year. Okay, did we play great? Did we play great last year? Yes. Some uh, some games we played great against against Florida. We played great. Uh, some miracle of the good Lord against Florida last year. We played great. But in the games where we should have dominated from start to finish, like Vandy, for instance, and we only beat them by one point, okay, against Vandy, we should have beat the living dog doo-doo out of, Van- out of Vandy, okay? That game should not have been close from the time the ball was kicked. I think this year we go, in, we go into Vandy and we kick Vandy's ass. Give them the ass whooping that they should have gotten last year. Sorry for cussing. I know I don't cuss very much, but you know I only cuss when I get a little fired. Robbie, up. I dropped anyway. I dropped the f bomb earlier, so really anything goes today. <laughs> when you the day that when when the day comes that Robbie Davis drops the f bomb on this show, that's how I'll know things have gotten real. Things have hit the oh, yeah. fan. That's how you'll know things have gotten real if I ever drop the f bomb. Okay, but. There is, like I said, there is a major difference between playing at, 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 at even Georgia State, for that matter. There's a difference between playing at Georgia State, playing at Delaware, and then playing in the SEC, okay? There is a major, major difference, okay? Now, are we getting really good football players? Maybe. We don't know whenever it comes to recruiting. We don't know. In my opinion, stars don't mean shit, okay? So what? We got you got five stars. Prove prove to us and prove to yourself that you deserve those five stars. If I had if I was any good at football, which I was not great, but I was decent at football whenever I played football. Okay. If I was any good and I had five stars, all right, if I was that good, I'd be like, okay, now I need to prove that I deserve these five stars whenever I go to college. Okay. But obviously, I did not go to college. But that's fine. I'm not that big. I'm not. I'm, that's not a big deal to me, anyways. Mm-hmm. But anywho, you have got to prove. When people tell you you are dog shit, just prove them wrong. Prove them wrong. Have the mindset of okay, you think I'm gonna play like absolute dog doo doo? Fine. I'm gonna prove you wrong, and we're gonna be better than we were this year. Okay. I like. I don't give a flying monkey fart. Okay, I don't give a hoot about what people, what the reporters are saying. I don't care. Just go out there, play your best for 60 minutes, and regardless of the outcome, I'm going to be proud of you. I don't give a damn. And it, 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 and and do I hope Debo Williams plays well this year? Yeah, I hope so. But also, like you said, he didn't really he didn't really see the field at all last year. Okay, but who knows? Maybe something changed over the off season and he got better. Who knows? We don't know. We don't really know. We won't know till till twenty five days from now. Okay, we won't know if he's gotten better until we play. Arkansas or Georgia, we won't know that. We won't really know nothing against Georgia State or Charlotte or South or mm-hmm. SC State. Okay, we won't know squat against those teams. 
But we'll know how good this team is. And I believe we play Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, um, and all the and 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 Missouri and and Tennessee and all them other games. Okay, and even Clemson, God forbid. All right, we'll know how good they are then. Okay, but against South Carolina State and against Georgia State, we ain't gonna and Charlotte, we ain't gonna know squat. But we will really know how this team will be whenever we hit the bumpy road of the schedule, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, we, 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 we will learn a lot quickly when you play Arkansas and Georgia. I think that's for sure. I think you, you, we're, we're going to know a lot after week three. And if by some miracle we win 10 games this year, okay, I will shave my head completely bald if we go have 10 wins this year. Dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun. This just in. Robbie Davis going to shave his head bald if we win 10 games. Love that. I will shave my head completely bald and let it grow back. I do not care. But if we win 10 games, I will shave my head. I love that. I I'm getting an ass tat, and you're getting a bald head. I love that. My head. I love that. I'm getting an ass tat, and you're getting a bald head. Love that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, I mean, I have full confidence in the coaching staff. I especially have full confidence in Beamer. Okay. He would not have brought the guys in that he brought in if he did not believe in them as much as he believes in himself, okay? Because if you're in a coaching profession and you don't believe in yourself, you're in the wrong profession, okay? I'm just saying. If you're in the coaching profession just for the money and you just don't believe in yourself, you need to find a different job and go get you a desk job in a cubicle or something, okay? And it's just crazy that do I think we'll go 10 and 2? Most likely no. But if we do go 10 and 2, I will get my head shaved completely bald. I will do it. If I have to, I will send you picture evidence. I don't give a darn. But I just, I just feel like, you know, that this kind of is going to turn into a. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, I just had to put that out there. Oh my gosh! The comments, the comments are wilding today. The comments are wilding today. This is insane. <laughs> um... Okay, you, I, I don't know how to even respond to that, but okay. Anywho, <laughs> hey, um, you're, you're, uh, Marion said if you, if we go ten and two, he's gonna shave it for you. By the way, so you want to do that yourself? Okay, all right, all right. Got my stepdad's looking out for me. Got it. All right, awesome, awesome. And uh, but uh, I just 
I just feel like in the season opener, we need to, you know, I guess you could say gain some confidence. Then against Arkansas, we should gain a little bit more confidence. You just keep getting confident. And if you play with confidence, you should feel like you can beat anybody in the dang world, okay? But like I said, there's a major difference between what Georgia and Alabama are doing in recruiting and and between them and us, okay? Do we occasionally find a diamond in the rough? Yes. Some of the greatest players that ever play at Willie B weren't even five-star players. DJ Swearinger was not a five-star player. If I'm not mistaken, he was a three-star player. Yeah, that's correct. And he wound up being one of the best players in school history. Do I believe that we can find some diamonds in the rough and turn them into some fantastic football players? Absolutely, because we've done it before. With with Beamer on staff, we have done it before. Except this time, he's the head man. He's the head honcho. And just like you, I'm in it for the long haul, baby. Five, six, seven years down the road, who knows? Who knows where this team will be in the next four, four to five years? Who knows? No one, no fan knows. The only people that know and can see kind of sort of ahead is the coaching staff by the way they recruit and the way they, the way they develop the players. That is who can see it. And the players, obviously, because they're there multiple hours a week training and practicing and all that stuff. But if you're going to walk into that, into that building with what was me mindset and we're not that good, you need to get the heck out. If you're going to walk into that building, you need to have the mindset of the only way we're losing this year is just they kill us. Not literally, just figuratively. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. I, I would hope figuratively. <clears throat> I just wanted to clarify that so nobody's freaking out. But uh, yeah, I I just I feel I feel that way wholeheartedly, and I just I'm I'm so ready. Before you know it, we'll be two weeks away, and then one week away from kickoff. I am so pumped. Same here, my guy. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, buddy, I'm going to get off of here, and I'm going to hope you have a great rest of your day and have a great rest of your week. Go Gamecocks, and to heck with Clemson. I love it. I love it. Robbie, appreciate you, my guy. Have a good one. Take care. Yep. Yep. Great stuff. Incredible. Incredible. 843-790-3377. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into another break. I want to continue – Want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow.
All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. I'm about to call somebody out on Twitter. I feel like I'm in the mood. Not really call out, but uh, I, my tweet says it's August the 9th, and our friend Cox by 90 still hasn't locked in a game-by-game prediction for the 2022 season. I, uh, I just want his prediction. I'm, I'm going to give Jeff a little nudge. I'm going to give Jeff a little nudge here. Let's, let's see what happens. I feel like today's a good day. You know what I mean? Like, why not? We're on a roll. So, there we go. I just fired off the tweet. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Thomas Walker. Thomas Walker, what's up, my man? How are you? How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, man. I'm so glad you called because it's funny. I was actually about to go go back to your comment uh, probably in this segment because uh, I, I, I loved the comment you had. But, yeah, go ahead. I'll let you fire away, man. What's up? I was just going to say, come on, man. You know Spencer Rattler isn't that much of an upgrade from this. Now. Right, right. <laughs> right, yeah, good one. Uh, I, was just <laughs> I just wanted to talk about uh, talk about uh, how, how much different I think the team is going to look with that dude under center. Mm-hmm. We've been saying for years now that we haven't had somebody that's been able to stay healthy and consistent under center, and that's been our main problem on offense. I mean, of course, the offensive line people want to blame. But if the carry-on joiner can be productive under the offensive line, we had that last year. Uh, I, I have no reason to think that Spencer Rattler is not going to be productive, even if there are some deficiencies on the offensive line. Mm. Um, I'll be when when we first got when he first committed. I remember staring at my phone, pinching myself and blinking for at least five minutes, trying to trying to make sure it was real, uh, just because we haven't had that caliber quarterback that really can lead the team. So I just think even if there are deficiencies on the offensive line, the fact that we have the most talented quarterback that's ever stepped foot on the field at South Carolina is going to make up for a lot of that. And then if you want to talk about uh, the comment I made earlier too is that, I mean, I I don't necessarily think – I think that people get more offended than the players themselves at what the media – I hope that's the case anyways because these guys need to be mature enough even before they were getting paid. I think that – I hope that Beamer was putting in place the guys that are mature enough to take criticism mm. um, because it, the only thing you need to do with criticism is let it make you better. Yeah, yeah I mean, first initially to your point, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's a quarterback-driven game, and I, I say it all the time. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. So I, I think, listen, Rattler's, Rattler's edition alone – you could have added nobody else. Rattler's edition alone – uh, change the dynamic of this football team. And, hey, talking about, like, the offensive line, for example, I mean, I, I think that having a steady hand at QB and having a guy like a Rattler in the center, I think it only helps the offensive line. Hey, you look at uh, Jaheim Bell and Josh Van and what they did last year with that carousel at quarterback. You think their numbers won't be affected positively? They won't make a jump up? You would certainly think they're going to. So, yeah, you add a guy like that, man, like you said, it's one of those deals where you have to constantly pinch yourself, right, and just be like, we got Spencer Rattler. Like, Imagine thinking that, you know, imagine, imagine last year at this time, me telling you that, you know, like, dude, you're crazy. You're crazy. Um, so having a guy like that in the center, man, it gives you, it gives you more hope. Um, it gives you more hope than you've ever had, or at least in a very, very, very long time. And, uh, I mean, I think, again, you saw at SEC media days, right? Why did the Gamecocks get so much hope? Why did they get so much, so much praise and so much hype? It's because of that guy under center. That's what it all comes back to. Um, in regards to your other comment, Thomas, on, on the – and I'll, I'll go back here because I'd like to, if I can find it really, really quickly. Um, 
I'd like to read it here. Let's see. I'm going to find this. I'm going to find this. We've had a lot of comments today. Yeah, here we go. I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very close because I just saw your other comment. We've had a ton. Okay. So I said student athletes are mature enough to make money like professionals now. They should be mature enough to take professional style criticism. Keep it real, Chris, which thank you for that. But, dude, I, I listen, I agree with you. And, and, and as I said before, I've learned doing this how different college sports is than pro sports and the dynamic of it that you can't come down because they're kids, you know. And there's, there, there's just this – there's this feeling in recruiting that, like, you know, thank God they chose our school and thank, thank good. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a, a sense of entitlement in the sense of like, well, guys should just want to come here. Like, like, yeah, you should be grateful. We're even offering you a scholarship. There is this, the, the players hold all the power. That's totally fine. Whatever. I get it. That's the dynamic, right? Because they are making that decision and choosing your school. I understand that. But the fight was always, the narrative was, you know, they're, they're amateurs. These aren't paid professionals. They're just kids. That's not the case anymore. That's not the case. They are paid. So that's, that's you know, when NIL, NIL was start, starting to first really pop, you know, I, I kind of had that question of, like, how does this change? Like, are, are, are fans going to be as, as patient and as cool about a, a guy that goes out and throws three interceptions in a big game when he's, say, the guy from Miami who's getting $8 million? Uh, he, ain't a, he ain't an amateur no more, bro. He, he's a pro football player practically. He's making more than guys in the NFL. So – I agree with you, man. Listen, when you're in a position of influence, power, notoriety, however you want to label it, and it doesn't have to be sports, it can be anything, with that, that criticism, that pressure, those expectations, it comes with the territory. So, hey, listen, if you don't want to face criticism, if you don't want to hear people like me or others tell it like it is, go play at Furman. Go play at Wofford. Go play at Newberry. Go play at a D2. There are places you can go where you don't have to combat pressure. You don't have to combat expectations, and you don't have to combat criticism. South Carolina ain't one of them. The SEC isn't one of them. And I would challenge fans. Again, it's like, yeah, they're kids, whatever. But these are like grown men practically. And again, they're getting a check now. So there's a line to it. There's a line where it becomes over the top. But – when we're breaking this thing down and, and we're talking about players, and again, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's just like the real world. Not everybody's great. You know, it, it's just reality. Yep. It's just reality. Like, not everybody's a superstar. If everybody was a superstar, then nobody would be one. Not everybody's and Alabama. Think, right. You know what I mean? Like, so. If, if yeah. they don't think uh, NFL scouts are seeing how they react to criticism then they get they got something else coming it's just I was watching yeah. that uh yeah the new adam sandler movie hustle i don't know if you've seen that i haven't about seen that. He's, a, he's an nba scout mm-hmm. it's interesting uh but one of the biggest things is how he how how the player is he's, he's an nba uh he's going to go to the combine how he reacts to on-field pressure from other players and then off-field pressure from uh, from I guess media and whatnot. So if they're if they're planning on taking it any further than college, they got to suck it up. And, and I'm not even saying that they're necessarily the ones getting butt hurt about it. I think it's more fans that get butt hurt. About oh, it for sure, for sure. And I think but, I I think where people get twisted in my analysis and my listen, as a fan, purely as a fan, it's your job to show up, support. You can certainly have opinions, but do that. I'm a fan too. But when I talk and give analysis, I try to remove the fandom. I really do. 
I really do. And just tell it as it is. So when I say something about Debo Williams starting at linebacker, that's me looking at it from a football scope, football perspective. Because fans of college teams, they just love everybody. Everybody's great. And I and I understand it because, again, it goes back to, and hey, listen, I'm jumping on with J.C. Sherbert Weekly. He's coming on my show. I got nothing but love and respect for guys at 24-7 Rivals. But what do they what do they sell in recruiting? What do they sell in the services? Has have you ever heard of a recruit committing to a school? This goes so far beyond Carolina. Committing to a school and somebody go, mm, not a great pickup, three-star kid, you know, two-star kid, whatever, you know, ah, a little bit undersized, not quite as quick as you'd like. South Carolina would be lucky if he's a contributor. Bro, you have never in a zillion years heard that. And you never will. It's always Diamond in the rough, or if he's a four or five star, he's the next big thing, you know. So like you're sold on that, and it's but it's like, bro, not all these players are built the same. Not all these teams are built the same. That's okay, but people have a hard time accepting that reality because when you talk about a player on their favorite team, it's like you're talking bad about their kid. It's like you're talking bad about their family, and it's like it ain't that deep, bro. But that just goes to show you the passion that fans have because they take it that personally. Some do, some do. Now, a lot of people that tune into this show, they have thick skin and they understand exactly where I'm coming from, but I got nothing but love and support for these guys. Want them to ball out. We all want to win. We all want the same thing. But there ain't no point pretending like, you know, I, I just feel like you are doing yourself a disservice and you are setting yourself up for heartache if you paint this picture of everybody on our team's great and everybody's just as good because I feel like people look at like last year and they're like, we went seven and six, and fans can't just admit this team was better than us. Well, we just didn't play a good game. No, they were better than you. A&M whooped your ass. They had better players than you taught the bottom. Georgia whooped your ass because they had better players than you taught the bottom. That's okay. But, like, like we, we, I don't know why we have to say it's, it's nothing against the players on the roster. It is against the players on the roster. We don't have good enough ones to compete against Georgia. And Texas A&M and all these guys right now, players win games. Quality of players in the roster, it matters. That's why recruiting is so important. And so, again, now guys are getting compensated. Like, And I feel like the criticism we give, it's not personal. It's not over the top. Like, it's, it's not unfair. I think there's a line. I think there's a line. But, like... They're, they're, I agree with you, man. And like, listen, if, 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 if you're someone who takes all that shit personally, this is not the show for you. It's not. It's not. I mean, I'm not going to just go out of my way to slam a guy. I'm not going to do that. Because, again, these guys are putting in their blood, sweat, and tears. I was a college athlete, right? I know the grind. I get what they're going through. I mean, they're going through fall camp right now. Like, God bless them. I hope they all ball out. They all reach their dreams and expectations at NFL caliber years, and we win the SEC and all that, right? But, like, I'm also just going to tell you that when I see Debo Williams at a starting linebacker spot, I get concerned from a football perspective. That doesn't mean I dislike Debo Williams. That doesn't mean I think ill of Debo. That doesn't mean anything personally from a football scope and where he comes from and what we saw last year. I am concerned when that's the reality. That's it. That's, that's, it's not anything beyond that. It's not personal. For some reason, in college, people have a tough time separating personal, their fandom, their garnet-colored glasses, and just what is reality. That doesn't happen in NFL as much. NFL fans are so quick to say a guy's ass, he's trash, terrible signing. 
Why is it so different? I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating to me, truly. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I think the problem with the, like, like you mentioned, if, if you listen to these other media outlets, which are, which are fine, fine, but they, if you think everything's fine, when it, when it comes out that it's not fine anymore, it, it, it sets you up for an emotional letdown. So just being a little bit more realistic about things and, you know, keep it a little bit more even. I mean, Gamecock fans don't need anything more to be let down about. Um, so just try to, I, I mean, like, I like the way that you just try to keep it real, try to keep it somewhere in the middle, not too high, not too low. That way, uh, it, that's the way it's probably going to turn out in the end, in the long run. And but, again, um, it's, it's for I'm Shane Beamer. It's for this. Shane Beamer. Like, like, like we, we don't yeah. need to be one of these programs. It's like year three, we're, we're our, our coach is on the hot seat. That's absurd. That's absurd. Let him build. I mean, right. my God, the roster's not even his. This, these aren't even his players for the majority. It's crazy, bro. Right. It's crazy. Let him build. Let, let's let this thing play out both, and I'll say this, both positively and negatively, right? Will Muschamp won nine right. games in year two, man, and we were dumb enough to give him an extension. Let's not overreact to anything that happens. But to set crazy expectations and we're going to compete for Atlanta, bro, that is so unfair for this coaching staff. It's so unfair. We're not there yet, and that's okay. And if we beat a Georgia, if we beat an A&M, if we beat a Clemson as I've picked, that is awesome. And that will show great progress and the trajectory. But are we at the level to compete week in, week out at that highest level? I don't think we're there yet. That's not a hot take either. That's, that's a pretty normal take. So either way, positive or negative, don't overreact. Set realistic expectations. And give Shane Beamer time. Don't don't put him in a position to where a good season won't be good enough. Don't do that. Don't do that to Shane Beamer. That's all I'm saying. Listen, you're you're preaching you're preaching to the choir here because uh you know we we held season tickets and when they called to renew, my wife told them if Jake Bentley is the starting quarterback, we're not renewing. <laughs> and listen, that's I say all that. I don't that I'm not saying don't have hope because guess what? I'm just like you. My blood runneth garnet and black. Every Saturday when I wake up, no matter what prediction I've made, I show up. I wouldn't go to the games if I didn't feel like we had a shot. You know what I mean? Like, we all have that. You have to have that eternal optimism to be a Gamecock year after year after year. I, I'm not saying don't have hope. I love it. I love it. Like I said, I'd rather have to talk people down than convince people to get fired up for the season. I'm just saying, though, in the back of your mind at minimum, <clears throat> You know, in the back of your mind, keep that perspective. That's all I'm saying. Yep. All right. Well, I, I'm more excited for this season than I've been in a while, uh, but I'm going to get back to work and let you finish your show. Hey, same, man. I appreciate it, man. And appreciate you always tuning in. Yes, sir. Thanks, brother. Take care. <clears throat> I feel like I'm the bad guy because I'm trying to <clears throat> I'm trying to uh, inject perspective. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean – Listen, I, I uh, it, it will all play itself out this year. And hopefully, again, we are winning. Guys, uh, let's see. Cocky Twan says, I can't believe you said that about Brown. Tell me what quarterback would have been successful against Clemson with our O-line. I'll wait. Doty's trash can water. Uh, Jason Brown's hot dog water also. Cocky Twan, I just – Call from Evan Cherry. If you think Jason Brown's an all-conference guy, one. then God bless just send you. send a voicemail. Press What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Hey, just uh, wanted to call in. I've been watching the show for a little bit, never called in. 
um, for the first and foremost say nobody wants us to do better this year than me. I'm a passionate Carolina fan. My mom was a cheerleader there. My dad went to school there. And I live up here in Clemson. So I have been absolutely miserable, and I'm ready for a good season so I can make people shut the hell up up here. Um, but I did want to talk about the immediate impact that Spencer Rattler has, not only to the offense, but the defense too. And I think that's something that can be overlooked. You look back when in, in some of the games last year, um, especially the Tennessee game, to where Tennessee would score a touchdown, we would go three and out, and our defense would have to drop right back out there on the field over and over and over again. And that kind of stuff happens the entire game. Eventually, you know, your, your defense just wears down super quick. So it, having a quarterback, and this is no disrespect to anybody that played quarterback for us last year, but having a quarterback makes a huge immediate impact just to get the defense some reps. We don't have these one play minus one yard, 26-second series, you know, being with a fumble or an interception or going three and out every other drive. Um, and that's just the immediate impact that that a even an average quarterback will make to your football team on mm-hmm. a defensive side. Um, and that's just something that I wanted to point out that I think people overlook, um, but it is a huge impact that, that, that a quarterback will have on your defense as well. Yeah, it's a team game. It's, it's a team game. So, certainly having that guy on the offensive side that can compliment you. And, again, yeah, it only hurts the defense when you're going three and out. And we've talked about that before. So, yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler should be able to help this football team in all facets, man. No doubt. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> and I think the defense will be solid again, by the way. I've been, I've been giving all these, you know, hypotheticals. that They could be better, could be worse. I think they'll be good again. I think we'll be, you know, we gave up 24 points per game last year. I think we're going to be kind of about that again. I don't think we're elite defensively yet, but I think we're solid. I think we're solid. I think we're good enough to win seven, eight games this year. I think no doubt. I don't think we're elite, but I think we're good enough to win eight games. I, I wouldn't have picked it if I didn't think that. So, but yes, you have a great point that, <clears throat> and again, our our good uh, our good friend Luke RJ, who's in the Big Cock Club, he loves to bring this up. But yeah, I mean, I, I think having a guy like Rattler, even if you're not scoring touchdowns, you know, every single drive. Um, just sustaining some sort of drive where your defense can catch their breath because it's really hard for them to be at their best when, you know, they're on the field, you know what I mean, like the entire game. So time of possession is important. You know, you want a quick strike offense. You want an offensive explosive like that, but also you don't want your defense sitting out there on the field the entire game. So it's a team game. There's a balance. And certainly, again, Rattler does it. And, you're, and you know, to the point you made, he positively affects this entire football team. Exactly, exactly. And it, and I, if you look back, and these people that are saying 10, win 10 games, I agree. It's unrealistic. It's unfair to the coach, uh, to Beamer. Um, and I'll say this, and i got to hop off here and get back to work. But, you know, if you look, I, I like to base my next year's expectations, and it may be irrational, but look at the schedule the, the, the fall, you know, the year prior. Um, you know, look, let's look last year at the schedule and see what games could we have won with better quarterback play. And my mind immediately goes to just two games. I don't think Tennessee was on fire. I don't think a, a better quarterback play would have made you win that game. Certainly it would have helped that it made it a more of a competitive game. But I don't think you win that Tennessee game. My mind, my, my eyes gravitate here to two games, and that's Missouri, who we lose by 3-2, and Kentucky, who we lose by 6-2. Uh, by and I think better quarterback play lets you, you know, be in a position to win games and based off last year, with a bowl win this this next year, we could be a nine win team. But in regular season, I'm looking at eight wins. I agree on that. 
For sure. Yeah, I, I think certainly. I mean, if you had like a Rattler last year, I think, uh, yeah, I think you beat Kentucky, you beat uh, Mizzou. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. So, I, I mean, either way, no matter, listen, no matter what your opinion is on, on Jason Brown or Luke Doty or Zeb Nolan or anybody else, there's one fact that stands true, and it's that the quarterback situation this year is in a much better spot than it was last year. There's no debate. There's no debate. So, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking my call, and I'm going to hop off here. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Cocky Twan, again, it's all love to Jason Brown. I appreciate him, what he did. I, I literally said it last year. I, I went on record. I know you know this because you tune into everything I do and you watch everything I do. I know you do. But do, do I think Jason Brown was a, was a great QB? No, I think we beat Florida because we ran for 284 yards. He, he threw for like 140, 150 maybe. Lost to Mizzou on the road. Did just enough to – get that Auburn win, and then got shut out against Clemson. So do I think Jason Brown was a great QB? No, I do not. I'm not trying to hate on him, but, like, he did a, a really, really good job and got us to a bowl game, and we should forever remember him in a positive light. Am I glad that Spencer Rattler is our quarterback over anybody we had last year? Yes. Yes. And I think you would agree with that. I can't believe it's it's 25 days from 2022's kickoff, and we're talking about this, like really. Anyways, guys, this has been a fire day. The Daily Crow has been on fire today. If you want to hear the show in podcast form, you can. Go subscribe to the Daily Crow on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, if you only catch bits and pieces of this show, it will drop in podcast form every day after the show at 3 o'clock. Uh, 3 o'clock is when it will drop. Again, it will be the full show. We'll cut out the five-minute breaks. So it'll be about an hour and 45 minutes. But you can hear that all back on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. It will be there. It will be there. James Reynolds, Shane Beamer can win 10 games. We as fans have to open up our minds, this being impossible. James, let me ask you this. Why is it a problem for fans to just be in show-me mode? Why is it a problem? Why is it a problem for me to say, I'm picking eight and four. If you want me to start picking you to win 10, we'll go win 10. Why is that a problem? And see now, but see, James, now you're being over the top. Now you're being dramatic, right? Now you're being dramatic. He says, why don't we all just put expectations for four wins then? Nobody will be disappointed. James, there's a realistic best case and realistic worst case. Saying this team will go four and eight stupid. You're just dumb. You're dumb. You're stupid, you're silly. And here's the thing, again, with what I do, I'm not just some random slapdick fan on social media. Not saying you are, but I'm just not just some random fan that, you know, whatever. I make a prediction. I want people to look at my predictions and say there's some validity there. Hey, maybe the guy, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the all-knowing guy of predictions, but like I want to get them right. I do. So if I went out there and picked this team to go four and eight, I'd look like an idiot. Like you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're just trying to get clicks. If I went out there and picked this team to go 11-1, and one, it'd be like, bro, you're an idiot. You're a garnet glasses, overly optimistic fan. I'm trying to pick it accurately. And so, again, I don't blame the media for picking Carolina to finish fifth in the East. I don't blame anybody picking the Gamecocks to go 7-5. and five. Until this program gets back to that level, James, they don't deserve to be picked at that. They don't deserve it. You, you just... When you're making picks, you go off known commodities. You don't go off hopes and dreams and bullshit. 
You go off known commodities. This is a program that has done what you are saying it will do four times in its history. If you want people to start picking counter to win 10 games or more on a yearly basis, then go win 10. Go win 10. And James, you bring up the win total again. I hate to tell you and put you in your place. Yeah, you won seven last year with a bowl win. You won six in the regular season. So yeah, if you were to win eight in the regular season, that's a jump. That's a big jump. And James, the transitive property, what you're saying does not work. You won six last year playing a dog shit Auburn team, a Florida team that was in disarray. The entire team had COVID, Dan Mullen on his way out. Your schedule's different. You trade Auburn, a dysfunctional Auburn, for an up-and-coming Arkansas at their place. You still got to play Georgia, Clemson, A&M. Like, like the transitive property does not work here. It does not work. I'm not telling you to lower your expectations. Have them, but just don't be a fire Shane Beamer guy if we don't win 10 games. That's all I'm, I, I, that's all I'm saying. As long as you can do that, I hope you're right. Like I said, I'd love to get a Beamer ball asked at. I would. I'd love to. I'd love to. But, like, Tennessee didn't just go away. Clemson didn't just go away. A&M didn't just go away. Georgia just didn't just go away. 42 to 3 against Florida, James. 42 to 3? Come on. That's absurd. In a, in a, let me just put it this. Let me let me just say this. Cuz James, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy, James? If you listen to my season prediction show that dropped mid-July, you would hate what I said. Because I said this, worst case scenario for this football team is 5 and 7. That is that is taking into account probably an injury or two, like everything goes against you, which I think is probably even unrealistic. I even think there's no way this team with Spencer Rattler QB wins less than six. They're going to a bowl. They're going to a bowl, okay? But more importantly, my best case scenario, realistic best case scenario is eight and four. I think anything above eight and four is just too aggressive because what you're saying to me, James, at nine and three or better, Nine and three or better, Carolina is going to win every swing game on its schedule. And until that happens, until some of those swing games become automatic wins, Kentucky, Mizzou, Tennessee, until Florida, until we reach that point, it's just too aggressive to say that Carolina is going to win every swing game. That's too aggressive in my opinion. That's just too aggressive. And Cocky Twan, yes, I had Florida beating us last year. I did. I did. What, what is the point in that? I don't, I don't really know why you brought that up. Either way, hey, nine and three. I got eight and four. So, Cocky Twan, we're splitting hairs. I mean, eight and four, I, again, I'd sign up for it. If you gave me the option, hey, I don't know if uh, James heard this before. James, and we're going even past two because this, this combo has been so crazy. Not your average sports kid. I I I respect all predictions. I'm saying more ten and two. You want to say nine and three, so be it, whatever. But like I, I just think nine and three is a little aggressive. Hell, I think eight and four is aggressive, but I'm picking it. I'm going out on a limb. I'm trying to be bold. I think seven and five is the safe pick. So um 
again, I, I don't know that I said Cocky Twan's prediction was like outlandish crazy. I just think that best case scenario is eight and four. I think nine and three or better is a little aggressive. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I respect all the predictions out there. Hey, 10 and two? Yeah, Cocky Twan, 42 to three. I think that score is ridiculous. I think, yeah, that, that score is ridiculous. Yeah, 42 to three. You, don't, you think that's a, a, a normal score prediction? That's crazy. That's crazy. Again, I hope 10 and 2 happens. I hope we win 10 games, even with its win a bowl win, without a bowl win at 10 and 2. Shane Beamer should win National Coach of the Year. And I will have a Beamer Bowl ass tat, and all will be great in Gamecock Land. We will sell a shit ton of merch. I hope to God it happens. I hope to God it happens. And I would say this last thing before I get out of here, guys, those that are dropping score predictions, guys like Cocky Twan. People like not your average sports kid. Go drop your game-by-game predictions. Tweet them. Tag me. Let's have the conversation. I can respect that. I respect because James dropped a game-by-game prediction. Do it. Like, let's see it. Let's see it. Because anybody can just say, well, we're going 10-2. and two. I respect it a lot more if you can actually, like, put it out there. Let's, hey, why not? The beauty's in the banter. Folks, we're past 2 o'clock. We're past 2 o'clock. Uh, conversation electric today. Appreciate you. Hey, thank y'all. Thank y'all, seriously. Because, hey, we all want the same thing. We want Carolina to go 15-0. and 0. <laughs> Like, we all want that. Whether you're Cocky Twan, not your average sports kid, James, people that despise me, we all want Carolina to win. I want an ass tat. We all want that to happen. We all want that to happen. Folks, I'm going to get out of here. Y'all have a great day. Appreciate you tuning in. Stay tuned to the podcast. Stay tuned to TDC, all the content. We're content bleeding out the eyeballs. A lot of exciting things happening. Uh, appreciate it. Again, thank y'all so much. Hit the like button, subscribe. Cocky Twan, appreciate you, man. James, everybody else, thank y'all. Thank y'all for making this show electric and what it is. Without you, wouldn't be the same. Hey, appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday. We will talk to you tomorrow. Appreciate y'all, guys.